It's the Simple Cocktails Podcast with Greg and Lisa Mays. This is our exploration of drinking well, entertaining, and cocktail making. And this is Season 3, Episode 10, What is Vermouth? I'm really excited to welcome Dana Ferris from Via Vermouth, who is an American vermouth company in California. And Dana is their official... Mixologist, welcome to the podcast, Dana. Hi, thank you for having me. You bet. We're going to teach people all about vermouth, and then we're going to hear about Via and what you guys bring to the game. So I'm going to rely on you for some a whole lot of teaching right now. Okay. So tell us, tell us what vermouth is and a little bit of history and stuff. Actually, not a lot of people know exactly what vermouth is, so I'm glad that you're you're bringing a little bit of education around it. Uh, I think the thing that surprises people most about vermouth is that it's actually a wine. Mm. Uh, and it is a wine that is aromatized. And aromatized is kind of a fancy word for infused. So basically it's a wine that's steeped with different herbs, botanicals, and spices. It initially um, began being used as a way to administer wormwood. So it was medicinal. Um, and that would help with any kind of stomach issues. Now... Wormwood is not necessary as an ingredient in vermouth, but it is still an aromatized wine. So aromatized means it's got these herbs and spices, that kind of thing. Is there any... And botanicals. And botanicals. Is there anything common? Is there anything that's... It sounds like wormwood used to be common, but is there any kind of common ingredients that are found in a lot of vermouths? Well, one of the cool things about vermouth is that each producer gets to create their own landscape of herbs and spices and botanicals. And a lot of them keep that information top secret, right? It's like their secret formula. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are familiar flavors that I think you can pick out uh, if you're really curious when tasting vermouth, right? There's um, tends to be some, what of a little bit of like a cinnamon characteristic, cola characteristic to a sweet vermouth. A dry vermouth is going to be more herbaceous, um, like dried herbs, think of like uh, like rosemary or um, linden. Mm. But like I said, you know, anyone can kind of put anything in and they don't have to tell you exactly what's in it. So it's kind of like the vermouth maker's magic potion, um, which is what makes vermouth such an interesting product, I think, and something, you know, that more people should learn about because they really are – uh, they really do have these different flavor profiles and can do different things to your drinks or your cocktails. Uh, I've discovered there's good ones and bad ones. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you know, some, something uh, interesting also about vermouth is a lot of people have tried dislike vermouth because they try it um, when it hasn't been cared for. So they'll try a vermouth, you know, that's like the last thing in their parents' liquor cabinet yeah. from Christmas seven years ago. Right. Um, and pe- nobody used a lot of it, right? Yep. And so it's super oxidized. All of the herbs have gone out of it, and it's basically like drinking a seven-year-old wine Yeah, that's been open. No good at all. I think vermouth gets a little bit of a bad rap because of that. Um, people are introduced to it in a, in a strange way. Vermouth in Spain and Italy and France is drank in, on its own, actually, as an aperitif. So it's an aperitif wine. You drink it at the beginning of your meal to prep your taste buds, to prep your stomach juices for your meal. And it's really honored in that way in Europe. Here in America, we haven't really quite caught on to that that concept. We're more into cocktailing. 
you know, occasionally if I have a really good vermouth and I don't want it to go bad and um, I'm worried about that, I might make like fish and and have like vermouth on the rocks with fish. I I find that's really good with the dry and the slightly sweet, uh, lighter colored ones. Since I've worked, I've worked with Vaya for 10 years now and it's totally changed the way that I, that I enjoy my meals, honestly. Uh, it's so easy to pair. We have three different vermouths, um, two different dries and a sweet. And it's so easy to pair just, you know, two ounces with a, with a little zest of lemon or a zest of orange before your meal. Mm. It makes a huge difference in any kind of meat dish. The extra dry is delicious when paired with like roasted vegetables. Oh, wow. Um, so there's a lot of options for what you can do with a vermouth. Uh, you think outside the box a tiny bit. Yeah, for sure. The, the very first time in my life that I was introduced to vermouth, a friend put it in a spray bottle and used it to, to grill steaks. They would <laughs> spray dry vermouth on steaks. Oh, I love that. And it's a, it's a pretty, you know, it adds all kinds of flavor to it. So it's pretty great. That's a really fun idea. So we're touching on this a little bit. Um, I want to go kind of full fledged. Let's, let's talk about vermouth and the ways to handle it, the ways to care for it. This is something that most people, like you said, don't know. You go and buy vermouth and you make some martinis and then you stick it in the liquor cabinet. Um, and, and all sorts of horrible things happen after that. So, so tell us, tell us about vermouth and the, the right way to sort of care for vermouth. Okay. So vermouth, because it is really a wine, Right, it has a lower alcohol content than like a high proof whiskey or, or a gin, so it's going to need to be refrigerated. Um, and usually, a vermouth, when fr- refrigerated, depending on the vermouth producer, can hold for three to five months. Okay. And you, you want to be aware when refrigerating the vermouth of how much air it's been exposed to, right? So the more air in the bottle, the faster that the liquid's going to oxidize. Oh, I see. Right, so if there's only one or two ounces left in the bottle, then it's gonna oxidize much quicker than if it's like a nearly full bottle. Okay. Okay. And then depending on the type, usually sweet vermouths can last a little bit longer because they tend to have a higher sugar content and that acts as a natural preservative. Well, that's good to know. I didn't realize that. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing I found people don't do is they don't put it in the fridge. I think it's the, the most important bar ingredient that you got to take really good care of. It's true. And if you really, really want to take extra special care, you can get one of those uh, vac bins, you know, the, that you use for a wine. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can create a little vacuum and suck the air out, and that'll help it stay even fresher and really preserve the flavors of those botanicals because that's what you start to lose, you know, as it oxidizes. Um, you start to lose the the freshness of the botanicals and the herbs and the spices. So if people are listening and they have vermouth in their fridge and they for, they forget when they put it in the fridge, how do they know if it's kind of gone gone bad on them? Think like a wine, you know. It's like a table wine. You're going to taste it. It's a little, kind of has a little bit of a vinegar hint to it. You're like, eh, maybe I shouldn't drink this. I'll cook with it instead. Yeah, that's what I would suggest doing with a vermouth. If it, you know, you think it's gone bad, cook, cook with it. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Some really delicious things as we touched on before that you can do, uh, with, with vermouth. Okay. So, so you'd be able to taste when, uh, when vermouth has gone bad. And so it's important to take good care of it. Another, another thing, uh, I recommend that Via is helpful in is to buy smaller bottles of vermouth. 
uh, and I know that Vaya, I have them right in front of me. Vaya makes the little uh, kind of half half bottles, the 375 milliliter ones. We do. Those are really good for uh, buying vermouth for your house. Is you know, buy them as small as possible. Yeah, and again, it depends on how much you use the vermouth, right? And and what you're using it for. Like if you're using it for cooking and also for cocktailing, it's great to have the 750 because you'll go through it quicker. But if you just, you know, put an ounce or two ounces in a martini once a month, you you probably want to have the 375. Yeah. Obviously, you're a representative for Via Vermouth, and there are three types of Via that people can find uh, at the liquor store. Tell us about those and tell us about what's in them and how to use them and all of that. So we, like you said, have three types of Via. Uh, we have the Via Sweet, which is probably our most popular vermouth currently. And then we have the Via Extra Dry and the Via Whisper Dry. And um, Andy Quaddy came up with Via in 1999. He was challenged by a friend in 1997 to make a good vermouth. A restauranteer friend of his is like, I bet you can't make a good vermouth. And Andy, loving a good challenge, went home, pulled out a sheet of paper from notes from a class he took in 1970 about vermouth making when he was in college. Wow. Right? Took a sheet of paper out, looked it over. Uh, he noticed that the first thing that his professor had said is that, you know, vermouth is a wine and therefore vermouth should have a good wine base, right? Because it is a wine. And a lot of vermouth producers actually create, you know, use the leftover wine, the, the wine that they don't want to bottle. Right. Because it's aromatized, right? It's like the cheaper wine, the not so good wine. Okay. Um, and so right off the bat, Andy was like, all right, I'm making a delicious wine base first. That's where I'm starting. Fine wine base. So he tinkered with that, came up with uh, the base of all three vias which is orange muscat and then a white a white wine. Okay. So from there, he decided that then he wanted it to represent a meadow, right? He was looking for some inspiration. What botanicals should he put in? What herbs? What spices? Um, and he wanted it to feel nostalgic. So for the extra dry, uh, every year the family, the Quadi family, goes hiking in the Sierra Nevadas. And so there's this beautiful meadow. They stay at this specific campsite. There's this beautiful meadow that you pass right before you get to the campsite. And he was inspired by this meadow. And so he found flavors uh, for the extra dry that represented the top of the meadow, right? Like lavender, linden, eucalyptus, oak bark. And uh, he started tinkering with those and putting those in. And then with the sweet, he wanted it to represent the earth of the meadow, right? The ground, the roots. And so for that, he actually started looking throughout the world and outsourcing all different kinds of different um, botanicals and spices from all over the world, more inspired by, you know, like what you would get in a European vermouth. Right? So he found really great cinnamons and cardamom clove uh, for the sweet vermouth. Okay. So together, ideally, they, they represent the top and the, and the, you know, under of a meadow. Then he, about 10 years in, was like, we, I think that we could make a vermouth that's a little bit more delicate, right? That's going to play nicer with, with a vodka. Um, and so that's where Whisper came from. And we basically adjusted the aromatization of the Via Extra Dry. So 
The Vaya Extra Dry and the Vaya Sweet have 25 different herbs and botanicals each. And then the Whisper has 15. So it's got 10 less, really light, delicate. That one, the Vaya Whisper, I love on its own, like over a cube of ice with a zest of lemon. Oh, that's okay. Now you're making me thirsty. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's nice and refreshing. And so you said the the Whisper Dry was was meant, sounds like it was meant for uh, vodka, vodka martinis? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the okay. extra, I personally like the extra dry in a vodka martini. Okay. Um, but some, you know, but Andy wanted something that was going to be a little more delicate and kind of represent uh, what a, a vodka martini can be. Whereas a gin martini, like we would suggest with the extra dry, is much bolder, right? You've got the botanicals and the juniper. Mm-hmm. Um, and the extra dry stands really well and marries really well with those flavors. Whereas the whisper dry is gonna, it's gonna be softer in your palate, right? So mm. it's, it's kind of gonna mirror the experience of a vodka. Uh, and what I lo- love about the whisper dry in a vodka martini is no matter what vodka you pair it with, it doesn't take away from the qualities of that vodka. I know vodka is supposed to be like, you know, flavorless, colorless, right. but we know it's not. Right, right. <laughs> not anymore, at <laughs> least, not with all the different grain in the corn in different ways, you know? Right. Um, so vodka, I think, as it's evolved, especially over the past decade, has its own flavor profile. And Whisper allows that flavor profile to speak inside of the cocktail, but it kind of takes that burn off the end. Hmm. Right? So it, like, softens and rounds out your vodka martini. That's really delightful. What's uh, So other than being more delicate, is there a flavor difference? Is there – can you describe – how one tastes different from the other, other than, other than the, you know, the delicateness of it? With the extra dry, you're going to get this like strong herbaceousness in the front, right? And you can, it's like you can almost pick out the herbs that you're tasting. The whisper dry is more, is, is more like a white wine. Mm, okay. You know, the, the way that the, that the herbs present themselves. I know I've said delicate like 72 times, but That's right. <laughs> like there's not a better word to describe it. It's just like a delicate experience. It's a little more citrusy, I've noticed. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And you know that now that you say that, the um, extra dry has a little bit of a pepper note to it. And the whisper dry d- does not have that. Okay. So it's very, the whisper is very elegant. It's very smooth. It's it's more subtle. Okay. Right. And it's got kind of like a, a, a like a, like a forest-like characteristic, right? Hmm. Where you're going to get the taste maybe more of, of fresh, like fresh pine needles. And you're right, a little bit of citrus. I've noted that even though it's called dry, it's generally just kind of a sweeter experience. It's kind of got a little bit of sweetness to it. So it's a fun one to use. I think that comes down to the fine wine base, to be honest with you. Orange Muscat is such an, an amazing wine. And it really holds the way that that they make it at Quaddy Winery that Andy makes this uh, orange muscat it really it really holds the qualities of like orange blossom so you get that freshness you get that sweetness in all of the vermouths uh, but it's not overpowering right it's not like a coying sweetness or a sweetness that pushes you away it's it's more like a comforting um sweetness i'd say well i i know uh, well i don't know this for sure but i'm guessing you wouldn't be as bold as i'm about to be but I, I've said in the past, <laughs> I've okay. said in the past, and and it, and it really is true that 
that to buy like a $6 vermouth or like a $3 vermouth or something, there is such a stark contrast between that stuff and a via, you know, or as you go higher and higher, you go to the 20 and the $30 vermouth. There's just such a contrast. It is, it's unreal. And it sounds like it's probably that attention to the quality of the wine, but that's, I think that's the big thing I would encourage people to do is instead of going to the store and buying the cheapest vermouth they can find because they don't know much about it, is is really to put some thought in and get a vermouth like Via, uh, one of the higher quality ones, and and it's a whole different level of enjoyment for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, one hundred percent, and and you hit it right on the nose. I mean that that is why you get that higher level of experience because so much care was thought and thought was put into it. I mean, Andy spent a very long time like hand picking the herbs and still, um, and still the process mirrors that as the winemaker makes the vermouth each year. Right. So I said the base is a, a white wine and then the orange muscat, but in the sweet vermouth, we add a little bit of our quality port batch 88 starboard. Whoa. Yeah. And it I gives... had that like a couple of weeks ago and it is incredible. <laughs> I love it. I, it's one of my favorite yeah. products. I can't go, honestly, I can't go home to my parents' house without bringing a bottle for my father. So you're, you're saying that's, is that what gives the sweet vermouth kind of its color or its richness or? Yeah. So the port is, uh, one of the base that's added to the via sweet and it gives it that lusciousness, that richness. Um, and then something else that makes the via sweet just so lovely and nostalgic is the warming spices, the baking spices that are in it. Uh, that it's aromatized with. So we've got clove, cardamom, cinnamon, ginger. Uh, it's really, I mean, the first time I tried Via Sweet, I'll never forget. It reminds me exactly of my grandma's kitchen wow. and her baking Christmas cookies. It's such a nostalgic flavor. Um, and you even get like a little bit of cherry, a little bit of cola, cherry cola in it. Wow. It's really one of my favorite products. It's quite complex. And it's the definitely the time of year for that. So I'm I'm excited oh, to dive yeah. in. <laughs> and that is delicious on its own with an orange zest. A peel, just zest an orange and put it over ice. Love it that way. Or also it makes a fantastic Manhattan. Ah, very good. Um, and we actually like to enjoy the, the Manhattan as a 50-50 Manhattan. So half half rye whiskey, half a sweet, via sweet vermouth. Nice. Yeah, you can do that much more um, with good vermouths. Um, that's... That's that's the nice thing. A fifty fifty martini as well is another another fun way, like I said, but the vermouth has to be great, so That's true. And that's how it started. I mean that's the original recipe in the eighteen thirties when it was first made. Um the Manhattan was a fifty fifty. Manhattan. Wow. Uh so we try to like live true to that to that tradition. And actually this month, October, we are celebrating at Via Vermouth, we're celebrating the Manhattan. We've deemed it Manhattan Month, and we are just celebrating all things that are Manhattan. The tradition, it's like a classic cocktail um, that is that deserves some recognition, we decided. Um, I love it. And so we're, we're spreading the word about it, yeah. That's great. So uh, where can people find out more about Manhattan Month and how to participate and all that kind of stuff? You can go to ManhattanMonth.com. Okay. And there's a website. It'll lay out all the steps. You know, really, it's super easy to participate. We're just starting a conversation up about about the Manhattans. 
So go to the website. You know, you can submit a recipe if you have a variation on a Manhattan that you've made or a favorite Manhattan. We've been talking about it on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we've been just talking about, you know, some fun history about the Manhattan, um, some fun facts about the Manhattan. You know, why is a bourbon and a rye different in a Manhattan? Should you shake or stir a Manhattan? Um, you know, so there's a lot of good information being shared, a lot of good recipes being shared. And we, we ask everyone to get in and spread the word and hashtag their posts, Manhattan Month. Very good. Well, that's, uh, I know I know what I'm drinking for the rest of the month. So I'm, I'm excited about yes. that. So manhattanmonth.com. Is that the site? Yep. Easy as that. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming and talking and teaching us about vermouth and, uh, telling us that there's a difference between cheap stuff and good stuff and, um, yeah, Via is pretty easy to find. Do you, are you guys distributed nationwide? We are. We are. Sure. And you can just go to our website. Uh, you can Google search Via Vermouth or go to quadiwinery.com. And we got a little locator tab, and you could just put in your zip, and it'll show you all the places you can get it. Um, and we ship to all states that are legal to ship to. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Dana, and we really appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, filling us in and um, you enjoy your Manhattan month. All right. All right. You too. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Thanks to Via Vermouth for sponsoring this episode. This episode was also sponsored by Sugarlands Distilling. A special reminder from Sugarlands, Roaming Man Whiskey's third release goes on pre-order October 20th, 2017. Pre-order yours at sugarlandsdistilling.com.